From meeting on Instagram to dancing in the metaverse, Paula Sello and Alyssa Olbakova are the embodiment of the modern fashion community, blending technology and creativity, magic realism and fluidity between online and offline. Take a deep dive during the first ever episode of Tech Powered Luxury on all things fashion and Web3 with the award-winning duo behind Ouroboros, the first digital couture house. From developing a soul-bound NFT to making digital fashion desirable, Ouroboros demonstrates that fashion is the final form of art to be digitalized. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to be sponsored by Seabody, an Irish-based tech-powered beauty and wellness brand. Seabody has developed a unique next-gen approach to seaweed-based skincare and supplements. Luxury powered by technology with innovation at its core is exactly what this podcast is about. Find Seabody on Instagram or at seabody.com to discover their innovative products. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Tech Powered Luxury. To say that this has been a long time in the making would be an understatement. For the last 10 years, my career and a lot of my personal interests have been closely intertwined with luxury fashion, beauty, and of course, technology. From working in leading tech and luxury groups to teaching and guest lecturing in business, fashion and design universities around the world, the goal of tech-powered luxury is to lift the lid on the inner workings of the crossovers between luxury and tech. Throughout this podcast, you will learn from the brightest minds in the industry who I'm lucky enough to get to interview to bring you all of the answers that you'd like to have. So with that, I'm really happy to launch the first ever episode of Tech Powered Luxury. This will be your weekly podcast dedicated to the intersection of the luxury and technology industries. The goal of each of these episodes is to bring international and actionable insights to people passionate about luxury and tech. For our very first episode, we are so honored to have the founders of Ouroboros with us today, Alyssa Olbakova and Paula Sello. In today's podcast, Alyssa and Paula will be introducing us to the world of digital couture through the British fashion house Ouroboros. Ouroboros is the first of its kind, a fashion house that merges science and technology with physical couture, as well as digital only ready to wear. Named on the Forbes 30 under 30 list this year, recently featured in the Netflix series The Making Of, and with a jaw-dropping list of collaborators and partners, from the V&A Museum to LVMH, the award-winning duo is just getting started. Hello, Paula and Alyssa. Welcome to Tech Powered Luxury. This is the first ever episode. I'm really excited to have you on here. I know that your story will be equally mind-blowing, inspirational and educational for both the tech and luxury industries and for anyone listening today. So to get started, I'd like to ask you both, who are you and what led you to where you are today? So in short, we are Ouroboros. Uh, you've given us the most beautiful introduction, um, but I'm Paula Sello. Pleasure to meet you, co-founder and creative director together with my partner. So as a creative duo, we actually met together earlier in 2018 when we were still studying and you know being in fashion in the whole ecosystem and we were just so eager to create something absolutely new defy all the status quo within fashion within science within technology um we really started with an idea and i don't even know how we got here but we are <laughs> it just rolled on and we haven't stopped ever since yeah. so the ideology is really drove us the ideas, the the mission of creating something absolutely new and exciting for the world. 
especially as we look into the future, something hopeful and utopian. We were all lacking in our industry, but also in our generation. Mm -hmm. And so we met, um, obviously, a few years ago, um, and we had a really interesting kind of meeting from the get-go. We met in kind of a physical, digital way, which is very on brand. Um, so we were following each other on Instagram to begin with and really loved each other's content without actually knowing what one or the other was really doing and one night we both ended up going out to a club and of course we didn't know each other at the time and we ended up meeting in the smoking area physically of this club <laughs> where all great stories begin right exactly <laughs> back in the day exactly and um, pre-covid by the way yeah listening? definitely pre-covid um different times uh and yeah i mean it was an immediate spark between both of us i mean we were very drawn towards each other's aesthetics and um, more and more this kind of language started developing between us and this conversation really this kind of back and forth of ideas and um, you know even with our brand symbolism of the Ouroboros so for anyone who's unfamiliar with a symbol it represents the snake biting its own tail um, and so that's very much uh, I suppose how we work as well it's this kind of ancient symbol of reinvention renewal innovation and that's really the the founding ethos of of where we wanted to take the brand um, and really create a 21st century vision. Alyssa and Paula, thank you for that introduction to who you are and even how you met, which is really something that highlights the positive sides to social media, meeting people within your niche area of interest, growing your community, and then of course, meeting in real life in a smoking room. And I now know that you also meet in the metaverse. So there are no limits to where you ladies are meeting. However, for many of our listeners, this will most likely be their first interaction with Ouroboros and maybe even the concept of digital fashion. So I first discovered you on the Dressed app uh, just over a year ago, which was a really interesting way to interact with the brand. So if anyone doesn't follow Dressed, it's also a really interesting app actually to follow. It's kind of like a stylist app, but of course, all the fashion is being styled in a digital way. So before we take a deep dive into your stories, could you please tell us in your own words, what does digital fashion mean? So digital fashion is still fashion, maybe even more exciting than ever before. Digital fashion lived prior in VFX, in movies, in games, as skins for many decades. And actually we brought it on ourselves of opening the doors to the mainstream and the, the public and the audience to actually experience digital fashion through day-to-day -day AR technology with having, you know, clothes adapted to you immediately on the screen, also with digital dressing. So with our first collection by Mimicry, we launched the first digital-only fashion collection on London Fashion Week between other physical brands. We had AR activations where you could snap a code and wear one of the pieces that you saw on the screen. So it was revolutionary to connect the dots in both the physical and the digital world together and explore you know, your identities, your styles digitally, almost at a touch of speed of light <laughs> because you could change so many looks so easily mm -hmm. and so quickly. So we began there and we started expanding more and more and I'll let Paula expand <laughs> on that. Yeah, I mean, digital fashion really for us is, you know, the, the idea of magic realism really comes to play here where the digital is a medium in which it plays on top of our physical world. It's not a um, <laughs> one or the other. It's really about fluidity between the two realms. Um, and obviously growing up 
as the first generation on the internet, you know, our social circles from the get-go were so intertwined within that duality and that experience. And fashion wasn't reflecting that. You know, you talk about fashion being a mirror to society and it was just completely lacking. You know, digital fashion was a way of rendering images for physical products, right? It wasn't a a means to its own end, so to speak. Um, When, you know, as Elisa was saying as well, is through VFX, through gaming, these intangible assets have been around for decades already. And we, you know, we were playing Sims, we were playing Second Life, you know, Lara Croft, you name it, you know, films like Avatar, they were hugely inspiring to us as kids. And that's where we spent a lot of our time as well, right? And we immediately already had an understanding of the value of these assets um, and the beauty of these assets. You know, with the digital world, and this is, again, where magic realism really comes to play is you can wear fire or water or any form of element or anything you've ever dreamed of or imagined to wear. Um, and, of course, completely without having any form of ecological damage on the environment. So it's really a way of uplifting mm-hmm. um, what fashion is. And, again, looking at that 21st century vision of um, of where fashion needs to go. It's the final form of art and culture that's about to be digitalized. And it's also very natural evolution. Think about the music industry. It's been digitalized. The, the film industry, photography, everything is becoming more and more digital and faster and very different, right? So we're already consuming fashion through our screens, through laptops, mobile phones, and soon air glasses and then who knows, holograms, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so for fashion to progress digitally is um, definitely a way forward to upgrade ourselves, not only the way fashion looks, but also how we experience and have that interesting uh, relationship between the assets that we owe and the assets that we share and you know um, also resell. So there's also a part of investment that happens right now with NFTs and ownership. So it is a very interesting space full of innovation. Mm. And for us, I think it was a lot about craftsmanship as well and really showcasing the beauty of these intangible assets. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand um, quite yet. And, and, you know, it happens a lot even still in the in the film industry where, you know, the directors will mock the VFX within their own films. You know, when really these are hours and hours of work and thousands of people who come together to create these incredibly intricate and very complicated, you know, whether it's scenes or, or costumes, you know, there's a lot of craft behind that. And so um, for us, it's really about showcasing and uplifting all of all of our team and, and, you know, the people we surround ourselves with, the artists and creating a vision that allows people to understand that full picture um, and, and understand that the value is on par, especially nowadays with, uh, you know, a physical, you know, couture fashion piece. Wow. Alyssa and Paula, it's so clear how passionate you both are about digital fashion. You live and breathe it and you really are the perfect ambassadors for this concept of magic realism. Uh, You're definitely bringing a lot of magic to this first ever episode of Tech Power Luxury today. And I think it's incredible to see the speed at which the intersection of luxury and fashion is developing, which you've already demonstrated for us really well. So with Ouroboros, this is the perfect example. So as co-founders of the Fashion House, Could you share what the vision and ethos behind Ouroboros is? 
For us, it was really about creating something that's both personal and universal. You know, I think the greatest forms of innovation or art always have to come from a really special, <laughs> you know, personal place as well. And they have to be able to touch people emotionally. Um, and so that really, from, from the get-go, thinking around, you know, what is what is the symbol of our brand? How can that be, in essence, also an analogy for what we want to build? And that's why the symbol of the Ouroboros, this ancient alchemical symbol, which, you know, derives from Egypt, but it can be found across, um, you know, ancient India, even in in Ireland, there's the there's a version of it with a fox, right? We have no more snakes so, in Ireland, though. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, just foxes. Uh, but, it's um, universal. Yeah, it's the, time exactly, and exactly. And it's about that form of innovation of of the ethos of constantly finding something novel and and but also learning from the past, right? It's it's about that cyclical motion, um, but in a way of you know, learning, moving forwards and reinventing yourself. And also, since we are in the tech industry, what we found is that it's been very cold. It's been very dystopian and it has never given us any hope or motivation to be in the future that we're all collectively imagining. So we wanted to change that. And for us, making technology emotive, maybe even more feminine, more imaginative was uh, key to what we're doing and imagining um, not only how fashion is developing, it really is lifestyle. It's touching upon so many different sectors of our life personally and also in the industry that we felt very strongly to build something not only for us, but also for the next generation. And we actually say that we are created by and for the next generation. So we want to involve this collective and even community, I would say, uh, feeling to it, where you feel part of something new and this movement. Um, even when we were in university, there was no movements. There's no time in the internet. And, you know, everything is happening all at once and nothing at the same time. And we were here to create the look and feel and aesthetic of that. So mm. as Paula was saying, craftsmanship, future-forward design and responsibility where also that sustainability aspect comes in is very important in this time and age mm. for everyone yeah mm. and definitely i mean it's um it really is about about thinking you know what do we not just want but what do we really need now in fashion um you know do we really need another fast fashion brand no we really don't you know, no one really needs any of this anymore. And it's it's also thinking about emotional needs. What do we really need right now? We really actually need hope and we really want that as well. Um, or at least this is a lot from the conversations that we're having and we're hearing from mm. students um, and, and something new to spark hope and, and, and interest and excitement as well. Positive um, impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to know that, you know, you can actually keep creating um, as an artist, as a designer, um, through new mediums without and having a negative impact on our environment because this is such an unbelievably important topic that people will always want to glaze over because it's uncomfortable. You know, it's an uncomfortable yeah. topic. And that's why our first collection by Mimicry was also about kind of coming to terms with what does sustainability mean at the core of it? It actually means coming to terms with mortality, right? And that's why everyone hates sustainability at the end of the day, right? Because it means it's not infinite. It's not. But the digital world 
on the other hand, gives us, in a sense, a solution to that as well, both for a design perspective, but also a consumer perspective. Wow, what what a response. That was so deep. But as you said also, Paula, creativity, artistic expression, it has to come from a very special place. And clearly Ouroboros is this visual expression of all of these thoughts, feelings and hopes that you have. And it's amazing to hear what goes into that and what goes behind it. This wasn't something that you just created on a whim. Obviously, so much love and attention has gone on, gone into um, the creation of the house, but also your first collection. And I'm so excited to see what's coming next. <laughs> um, oh, plenty. <laughs> It's it's amazing. And I think a lot of people that are going to be listening today will be really refreshingly surprised about how much meaning goes into digital fashion. But I think a lot of people are also going to be wondering, how did these ladies get to where they are? How did they know how to even <laughs> pursue this? So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your own educational backgrounds. And I know education is very important to you as well and to help your community mm-hmm. learn. So please mm-hmm. give us some insights into, into your own paths. Of course. I'll start. So I had more of a traditional background. Um, And then in high school, I just couldn't lie to myself. I wanted to be creative and I wanted to dive in. Um, So I went off to study in international art school and then going forward to uh, Central St. Martins to study fashion communication and promotion, which in essence is everything to do in fashion industry from image making, photography, styling, casting, producing, art direction, all of it, Uh, everything except from the actual design aspect. So um, it was also very interesting when we met, we really combined the the parts that we wanted to develop and we were completing each other, but we'll dive into it even more. Uh, Through my personal experience, I actually kept chasing the, the expression through technology. I went from painting to photography to animation to videography to then 3D scanning and that's when I met Paula (laughs) when we were experimenting with the idea of you know scanning physical pieces into 3D environment and not only staying at that and having a replication of the item that you have in physical reality but actually amending it changing it, redesigning and adding to it. So it was a really interesting conversation about how do you express fashion in this limitless way where you can defy the laws of physics and gravity and you can design in a way that there's moving parts. Uh, Garments actually have life to themselves on their own. And we saw immense potential in that everything from digital fashion on its own to avatarization and how we present ourselves in the social media since we spent probably 80 percent of our daily time on different apps it was just really about having a very cohesive thought of the progression of fashion and expression on on that end Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, personally, I come from more of a <laughs> loop-de-loop around uh, uh, around fashion. But um, so I I graduated from school, and I was kind of desperate to go into fashion, um, and it wasn't a straightforward path at all. So when I left school, I ended up working for David LaChapelle, the photographer. Phenomenal, um, incredible experience. Um, 
How, so again, kind of very interesting how we have a lot of these, uh, you know, similar experiences in different ways. So, you know, I, I was working with photography, art direction there. Um, and then I went off and actually studied sociology at university, um, which was really interesting. And I think definitely it, um, it gave me a very different perspective um, into the fashion industry and also kind of an outsider perspective, which is very necessary um, because sometimes, you know, when you're too close to a subject and you're ingrained within it, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to get lost in the detail. Um, and so even though it was kind of, for me, quite, quite difficult <laughs> because I really, you know, I really wanted to go into fashion and, and study it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that time as well. It was an interesting time. And so I was then also working for Chanel and, and other fashion houses to constantly obviously educate myself more in, in fashion um, and, and taught myself. And I was always fascinated by the intangible and this kind of magic um, you know, from the early days, I was watching anime and um, obviously playing games. And so always obsessed by, you know, how can the body also be an expression of more than just a t plain T-shirt or whatever else it is? You know, how can you tell a story um, through through the body and what, you know, lives on it? And so it's, you know, with, with all of these scientific and technological inventions coming out, uh, during the time when I was growing up, I was fascinated by it, you know, and it was just, I was also fascinated by the fact that no one was touching on it. You know, I think there was a bit of it in, in, in the late nineties with someone like Hussein Chalayan or, you know, Alexander McQueen, obviously with his phenomenal show, um, you know, just before he passed away, um, Plato's Atlantic, which, which hugely inspired me as well. So I think there's a lot of different components that came together. So I would experiment with a lot of materials and, you know, set pieces on fire, grow, you know, mushrooms, grow crystals, God knows, whatever it was. It was very experimental, very exciting time um, because it didn't really matter. I wasn't at fashion school, you know, there wasn't a strict regimen. And so that was then during the time when I met Elisa as well, where I was doing all of these crazy experimental things. And I was really really keen to go into digital and she was obviously really keen to experiment with all of this madness <laughs> that I was uh, coming up with and so we kind of had this really beautiful symbiosis there um, and it was kind of it was almost like at that point looking in the mirror and going whoa it, you know it was it was, it was very really metaphysical. it was really <laughs> strange honestly and we were kind of finishing each other's sentences from the get-go and um yeah it's it was it was beautiful. Um, so I think both of our combined backgrounds um, definitely forged this uh, this whole story and the whole visuals and the color mm -hmm. palette and everything um, of Ouroboros. And actually working together helps us, you know, think about let's say a, a problem or a challenge at the same time from every angle and actually uniting and making the work more intelligent, more you know, referential to different cultures, to different times and experience, just builds it up more. And we really believe in that unity and creating like this. Yeah. Fantastic. It's really interesting to see that you have both taken really different approaches to fashion when it comes to education and your experiences are incredibly complementary. But the names that you've thrown out there, Central St. Martins, David LaChapelle, I mean, Chanel, these are the leaders when it comes to luxury and fashion standards. So 
even the people that you're meeting and learning from in these environments that that can't be replicated. And I'm sure that mm -hmm. the you know exposure you had in these places, in these institutions, with these these people like David LaChapelle, who's you know a household name in the fashion industry, must have been absolutely inspiring. So now that you've created this beautiful digital fashion house, what are you going to do to differentiate yourselves within this space? Beautiful question. Yeah. I mean, the ecosystem is growing. We don't know where the beginning or the end of it is right now. It's, you know, an incredible abyss at the moment. And we're trying to shine light on so many areas, especially with our work at Aurobras. And we really want to bring in the quality, the life, the, the lifestyle, really touching upon how we affect people positively um, through our expressions, through our creations, being able to, you know, hold those, be collectors, be part of the community that we're building out. And actually the community aspect keeps growing and growing for us more and more as we build out Ouroboros community and different sectors within that. One of them being uh, Ouroboros Academy where we've already partnered with some of the best universities and institutions. Since our early start, we had the privilege to actually teach and educate a lot of people through you know, very similar podcasts or presentations. So we honed that in and we brought it into our home. So our Robust Academy is growing. We're teaching and you know spreading our knowledge and tools to the future generation of talent and crea uh, creators. And that also sparked a new segment that we'll be opening up probably next year, Ouroboros Studio. You're getting <laughs> all the exclusives. <laughs> <So laughs> you heard it here first. There's going to be a chance to get involved with us from a very, very creative uh, standpoint where you could you know, potentially build off of our pieces and there's going to be different ways of uh, being part of our collections and challenges that mm -hmm. we're, you know, setting up for everyone to kind of get on and think about. So um, we're doing a lot of things. So we're really building a whole world and we've thought about it a lot. So there's a lot of love that went into this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, especially with our upcoming collection, uh, which is called Mesma, we are building out a very special kind of and unique new model of experiencing digital fashion as well. You know, for us, it's we really think about the experience of it. What is the end consumer um, really wanting to feel and and um, and wear in the in the digital worlds, right? And obviously, with metaverses, it's still relatively limited right now. So um, we've come up with and designed really our own system of wearing these pieces in a way that's really exciting. Um, you know, from the styling to um, the avatars as well hint hint <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so yeah and obviously more and more we're partnering with um, with artists and people who bring lifestyle and culture to the metaverse end of day you know we are a fashion house but we think about um, you know who who's what's the experience of wearing these pieces you know where do you take these pieces um, and in order for 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 digital fashion to to really come to life you have to have these muses so you know our previous muse being grimes or of course you know the digitalized marilyn monroe these are beautiful collaborations and this is really just kind of a glimpse of what what it is that we're building and and of course who we're building with you know um for us it's really important about making those early connections with the right artists with the right you know musicians with the right um, mm -hmm. uh, muses again um, to to really uh, you know 
have a have a life to these digital pieces and of course you know there's multiple metaverses now that we're speaking to as well who are going to be coming out in the next few years so really more and more there's um, of course utility for these digital assets for you to you know roam free within them as well um, and of course um, there are as, as always the the AR and the physical components coming too so I think at large is diversifying you know what we have so rather than creating a parallel of this world which is not the best or the prettiest place right now creating a more diverse unique and exciting place for others mm. to um, be happy to be part of I think that's yeah. just lacking at the moment so yeah. that's what we want to build out for people and for ourselves again this is not what we had when we were growing up mm. so it's actually turning these downfalls and um, lacks into great um, celebrations. Mm. And it's really about creating a cohesive vision, obviously, that people want to be part of. You know, it's a brand, it's an identity, it's an experience. And we want people to really feel proud of being part of that and also feel like they can contribute towards it. Mm. Absolutely. And on that point, for people who are, let's say, early in their discovery of digital fashion, where and how is the best way to experience Ouroboros? Mm, that's a really good question. Well, pending when this comes out, actually, there's a lot of upgrades coming soon. November 1st, November 1st, well, first episode. Okay, amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I think maybe it would be helpful to do a little bit of like a memory lane, actually. First, when we launched, we were pre-NFT boom. So that was really about educating people about the existence of digital fashion possibilities in general from you know the retail perspective of digital try-ons to actually having almost state-of-the-art digital artworks worn on yourself through images and videos for social media, for status, for more. So that was more of a Web2 way of experiencing and owning digital fashion. Now with NFTs and having the ability to keep your assets on chain, you could obviously own them, you can collect them, you can resell them. There's a whole ecosystem that you know expands more and more. And I'm not going to deep dive into economy, <laughs> but... Digital fashion now, and for us, as we're releasing our collection Mesmer, which will be out there um, by the first episode, you can purchase it as NFTs, and it will act as a key to be part of our exclusive aspect of our community, where there'll be not only benefits and upgrades, um, physical and digital, but also a follow-on into exploring digital fashion in new ways. And mm. Paul already touched a little bit on the idea of styling, and we're expanding through that more as who knows in the space right now the difficulty is interoperability having the ability to take your asset from one world to another, to somewhere else, then keeping it in your wallet. So we've been working hard to find a solution to that. And yeah, that will be available mm. very soon. So you can be an owner of an Ouroboros NFT. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. Mesma is a collection that we're so proud to work on, also with our partner, Unexty, who famously brought uh, Dolce 
Urbana to the metaverse uh, and of course the land, uh, you know, the NFT landscape with their collections. So we'll be um, working both on the front and the back end together with UNXC to really bring just um, not just the beautiful creative vision, but the, the tech behind it. That innovational piece there is going to be fantastic. Um, so by the time that this comes out, <laughs> there'll be so much more revealed. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, um, and it's a very beautiful word as well. It's going to be a soul bound project and it's going to be the first, uh, soul bound fashion NFT. So we're very, very proud to be again, kind of leading the way. Pushing the boundaries yeah. as usual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for those who already own NFTs, uh, probably one of the most seen or traditional way of having an NFT. NFT is uh, basically a JPEG, a PFP project where, you know, you have an ownership and status of that. And we thought, well, what else? How else can you engage with this? What's the relationship with uh, the asset that you own? So we wanted to expand on that. And I think it will be very clear by by the time that we launch this episode what mm. has happened. But we can't release too much information <laughs> in yeah. the future or past. <laughs> Getting well, very meta yeah. now. And I time. think for, for anyone who's obviously, you know, um, to, to even take a step back for anyone who's not ready to purchase nfts yet you know the best way of also engaging with us is obviously through our community servers uh which is our discord server so we're very happy to share maybe a link with when this comes out ladies we'll leave that up to you <laughs> but um you know within our community you can really obviously engage with us on a much more personal um front rather than social media which is more of um you know the traditional following yeah following it's really about engaging with us asking us questions learning from us um and also from our team you know um within our discord we're going to be building out um by november um this really exciting um obviously academy where you can come in and you know learn from the team about um whatever you want to learn in terms of digital programs, uh, whether it's Clo or Blender, uh, a whole variety of things. So definitely come and join us there for, for all the earlier uh, or rather late adopters, whatever you want to call yourself. Mm. Um, you're very welcome to, to engage with us there and ask us any more questions as well. It's just very interesting. Like when we were growing up, there's no way to communicate with a fashion brand or even creators or the team behind it's you know everything is behind closed doors and kind of incognito and yeah it's it's a huge shame uh so we actually wanted to open up the doors ourselves and um, shine light on the creators the talent that we have inside and um also allow these amazing conversations to happen and just mm. by chance you know we've met uh, collaborators that now work with us through yeah. our community we've met collectors and you know uh, it just goes on and on I couldn't agree more and it's fascinating that today brands are so hungry to have a conversation and a direct connection with their community and with their clients which is so different to how it was when we were growing up um, but that's something I love about the combination of fashion and technology, because it has really democratized the industry and opened up doors for people to have those conversations and make those connections. Social media obviously wasn't created to connect fashion brands with people, but it's my favorite thing about social. And it's why I think your community has continued to grow as your brand evolves. So along this journey, it'd be interesting to know, was there ever a moment where everything actually seemed unrealistic? and that it wouldn't be possible to turn your vision into something tangible? And what kind of partnerships are you mm -hmm. 
aiming for today and forging to ensure that that vision continues to evolve? Mm -hmm. Great yeah, really good question. Um, I mean, to be honest, like we, on a weekly basis, we celebrate, <laughs> you know, everything. Like we really do try and take every moment, um, you know, try and take time for every moment that comes with it. You know, whether it's a new partnership or even a podcast, it's about celebrating everything. You know, of course, there's always the few highs. Um, I think just to name a few, obviously, our launch. I mean, we've only launched um, last year. So we launched in January, uh, end of January um, with, with Dress. Obviously, that was phenomenal for us. Um, I think obviously receiving the award from the Sarah Band Foundation, which is the Alexander McQueen Foundation, um, you know, where we had our first studio, that was phenomenal, um, you know, showing at the VNA. Uh, gosh, there's quite a few highlights, actually. <laughs> We're going to stay here for a while. <laughs> there's but, so uh, many. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's quite a few. But Netflix. Um, yeah, Netflix, the BOF Voices. You know, I mean, it was crazy. We were at the Victorian Albert Museum, and Imran uh, Ahmed, obviously from BOF, came in and kind of just tapped me on the shoulder. Are you Paula? Like, yeah, hello, are you Lisa? Okay, all right. And we just had this beautiful conversation with him. And he goes, oh, you should, um, you should come to BOF Voices. And we thought it was a podcast. And so that was, uh, that was an interesting moment where we had to definitely... Yeah, we were... Put... <laughs> we, uh, uh, I mean, you know what? Oh, it's my just, gosh. It's, yeah. it's constant growth. Yeah. And we're really proud of that and so um you know happy that we are constantly expanding our shells and, yeah you know, there's so many uncomfortable moments and, yeah like uh, in terms of skill sets and expanding ourselves mm. and i mean yeah. we are always reflecting on that like the ability that we have uh, to grow more and more and learn from our mistakes because mm. we've made plenty yeah um it has been a really beautiful journey Where, yeah. wherever it takes us it's already been absolutely mm -hmm. amazing yeah so. and i think because obviously i mean it's both um you know on the on the front end whether it's the creative or even for us the kind of the managerial as well and and learning to grow with a team that's so international end of day you know i mean our team is from canada to kazakhstan to um you know manila <laughs> morocco i mean all over the place um um, and so definitely there's there's moments as well that are really challenging because you just want to connect with that person right then and there. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's it's learning to overcome certain things. And it's really, it's amazing to be able to grow with a team who is so supportive and so excited mm -hmm. to be part of, yeah. um, part of the vision and who really push themselves as well. I mean, honestly, like we have the most phenomenal team. So just little shout out to our whole team because they are <laughs> incredible. Um, and we also see them learning and growing and, and, you know, making mistakes and then exceeding. So um, it is, yeah, it's, it's a lot because, I mean, we've grown so quickly as well. You know, we've only been around for a year and a half. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, Robbers has been open, quote unquote, for, for a year and a half. So um, it's, it's crazy. It really, it does feel sometimes like a, like a monumental journey of, of 10, 20 years. Um, but we're only getting started. So yeah. um, you celebrate everything and, and learn from everything also. And I just want to add to this that, you know, staying true to yourself mm. is something that we're super proud of and want to continue doing because it's it's very difficult being young females in 
three industries at the same time tech fashion entertainment even <laughs> gaming everything um so there's a lot of molds that we're trying to break from you know what what are your expectations how you're managing the team how you're growing and even the work that you do you know everybody tries to kind of standardize and pigeonhole everything and make it a you know um a, a product that is uh, for for the market, but actually we want to evolve the customer and evolve the the industry as well. So mm. um, I think for anyone listening, it's kind of important to stay with the gut feeling <laughs> and believe in your intuition because we mm. always have to do like internal checks. Like, mm-hmm. is this right? Are we are we taking this path correctly? Yeah. And that that kind of sounding board is really really important for yeah. development. And we're proud to you know keep doing that and still be sane yeah. <laughs> and I think everything. Definitely. And also the fact that we have each other is, you know, being co-founders is un- unbelievably tough. <laughs> um, tough. Yeah. But also, you know, we're very grateful to have each other as well. Um, so it's, it's really great to, to actually be able to have someone who you can speak to, um, through, through the positives and, and, you know, the lows as well and be able to uplift each other. Um, and it is great because, you know, sometimes one person will have a down moment and then the other one will lift the other one up, you know, and it is, it's, it's, it is really great to have that. And I don't think that either of us would have been able to go on, on this crazy journey on, you know, on our own. I'm sure both of us would have done absolutely insane things by ourselves, but it is, you know, it really is the combination of both of us as well and having each of us here as as that sounding board and everything else as well. And the fact that we're able to just be so close outside of work as well is uh, is a beautiful kind of added element as well um, to the business, to our relationship and, and everything else. Absolutely. It seems like Ouroboros is an extension of your friendship as well and that you have the most incredible Mm -hmm. energy but also synergies and creative partnership and I think everyone listening to this um, episode will be able to hear it and and see that yeah so ladies we just have two more questions for you Mm -hmm. Um, so before we jump into the final final one I would love to ask you about your sustainability initiatives because Mm -hmm. I know that you've already featured in the circular fashion summit in 2021 so clearly from the first year that you, you've been launched, it's been part of the mission. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess it's almost twofold. One from the educational aspect, uh, where we showcase that there are possibilities, there is the tools and technology to actually be more sustainable, whether you're a massive chain supplier or, or a brand. Um, so we were able to educate and showcase that digital fashion has many use cases from the creative aspect to actually, you know, saving how many samples you make and how many offcuts you have and just reducing the waste. So that educational piece was definitely something that we were propagating since day one, as soon as we, you know, figured out the formula that really works for digital fashion. And secondly is the the creation aspect. Um, The statistics say that digital fashion is 97% less wasteful than one physical t-shirt and that's one plain white t-shirt that doesn't use too much water for inks or you know there's not many sizing differences so even with our first collection we were saying that it is made for all sizes it's digitally delivered it's you know forward in so many ways that are actually cutting down on the negative impact 
Nothing mm. that we create, obviously, in any industry is completely zero waste, but we are definitely trying to cut down and push forward on uh, creating digital-only uh, fashion. Mm. And again, it, it is a element of education as well, you know, where you do have to educate the consumer because for us it's not just... Uh, you know, the Web3 natives who we appeal to, but it's also a wider fashion audience and a wider consumer base who um, who we look towards and, and you know, who, who are within our audience as well. So really it's about catering to, um, yeah, to, it's kind of onboarding as well. There's quite an interesting process that we go through and even with companies as well, you know, I mean, we do a lot of creative consultation um, in which we always, you know, feed <laughs> sustainability in underneath. So again, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying is that, you know, sustainability is both this kind of buzzword that people don't want to address. Um, and it's also, you know, I mean, sustainable fashion, it's kind of just got a terrible reputation for itself as well because just the look and feel has never been nice and again that's where it's almost like just cutting out all of that and and looking at well what can we replace well okay we don't have to say that you have to um, you know wear less or whatever else actually you can keep wearing fashion you can wear more you can go even crazier and wilder with digital fashion just make sure it's digital and then you can you know spend more you can you know consume more end of day you it's it's also a language piece as well, right? I mean, people don't want to be told yeah. uh, that there's finitude, especially in capitalism. It doesn't really work very well. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, um, our yeah. earliest conversations were, you know, kind of identifying why fashion or, or sustainable fashion has never really made it. And it's because it wasn't desirable. So we went round and round and round and thinking, how can we make sustainable fashion desirable how can we make digital fashion desirable how can we put design and craftsmanship first and also be you know completely transparent on how we make things and uh, the benefits of it so it's not just for the tick of it but actually having it as a core uh, value and ethos of the brand and anything that we make and on top of that it's beautiful mm, <laughs> and yeah. it makes you look and feel great exactly so. i think really sometimes it is um you know, embedding the message without having it, you know, plastered as a hashtag at the front because no one wants to see that. People are so bored of it, you know. Um, we can make it happen in a way that appeals to a pre-existing language. Tech-powered luxury sponsor Seabody uses state-of-the-art blue biotechnologies and marine biodiscovery. Seabody includes the most potent and closest-to-nature molecules in their ranges of skincare and supplements. You can discover more about Seabody on Instagram or at seabody.com. Making sustainability desirable is a challenge that the whole industry has today. And until consumers don't have to compromise by wearing or buying sustainable, that's going to be really difficult. But what I see with what you've done with Ouroboros is not only make it desirable, but also make it really exciting, engaging, experiential. Your event with Grimes, for example, I wouldn't have branded that as a sustainable fashion event, but at the end of the day, you were creating a super fun moment where no garments or textile resources were wasted, no physical environment was exploited, yet you had crowds of people online. 
joining a concert, expressing themselves virtually through their digital fashion, their meta closets, all while dancing in the metaverse to an incredible soundtrack. Just uh, reminiscing on that, it was so amazing. So Grimes actually featured several of our favorite artists in her remix that she did for the for the show. So we were just delighted. I mean, everyone from yeah. like Hans Zimmer to like... Vivaldi. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vivaldi to like 90s, uh, like... Uh, Britpop I don't know it was just such a good mix so bless her (laughs) ladies thank you so much for sharing your incredible story and very generously giving us the best possible introduction to the world of digital fashion so to close this first ever episode of Tech Powered Luxury I'd like to ask you both one last question what is the one skill that you would recommend industry insiders to start working on today I have have one (laughs) aspect So being present at so many conferences with C-level executives of all luxury, you know, uh, industry sectors, what I found is that there's absolutely no, as they call Gen Zs, you know, or the next generation being part of this conversation. So it's always speculation of, oh, what is the next generation going to buy into? And, you know, they're actual real people on the other end of this conversation. So I think having meaningful uh, collaborations, actually bringing on the brand that, you know, is on your mood board or you're inspired by, actually call them up, do a partnership, do a very visible and transparent way of working together rather than, you know, copying or stealing or, you know, kind of remanufacturing and pushing it out for the marketing sake. So actually involving real people that are <laughs> on, I, wanna, I don't want to say in the trenches, but uh, the real people that are, you know, using digital fashion or part of the conversation who live and breathe culturally, the aspect, mm-hmm. um, it's important to bring them on properly and you know collaborate and I think this is what happens to us a lot when we talk to huge brands as well where we want to be genuine to what we stand for we don't want to have a remake or a copy we just want to make sure that our vision is very clear and it's heard by our community members too so yeah having that and I think looking back um at our younger selves I would say that the skill of being able to continuously educate yourself is the most important thing in the 21st century. That's it. You just have to keep learning because end of day, there's not a single skill really out there, especially in the digital medium that is going to stay the same. Everything is going to constantly change, whether it's through AI now coming in, (laughs) whether it's through AR glasses, whether it's through this, through that. We, you know, there's so much change. Your ability and your skill to adapt to change and learn, bingo. Evolution, really. <laughs> yeah. It's so key to get Gen Z involved are, in general, the people who are active in these communities, whether it's gamers, developers, any age from anywhere in the world. Yeah. 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 But for so many aspects, uh, you yeah. know, in terms of uh, inclusivity, whether mm. it's gender, whether it's uh, cultural inclusivity, everything, just have the actual ambassadors for the right, um, you know, sectors uh, that you're trying to grow or develop or be better at. So really bringing the right people on board. Yeah. And also, again, this is uh, from the, from the ground up, really bring in the people from the ground up, build on, (laughs) on a strong foundation. Um, Don't try and add to it. 
you know, it's not a Christmas tree or whatever you want to call it. I don't know, bad <laughs> analogy. But, um, you know, again, for us, it's about building from the ground up. It's the same with our community now. You know, we're building it from the ground up, constantly speaking to people on the day-to-day basis um, and and learning from them and integrating them and, and making sure that they feel heard and seen and that there's a co-creational, co, you know, um, <laughs> collaborative uh, exactly a co-collaborative space that involves people and brings in the future thank you <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you so much You're very welcome hopefully we have another one soon because there's so much more coming thank you so much <laughs> it was thank such you. a pleasure thank you for listening to Tech Powered Luxury your weekly podcast on all things luxury and tech If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and follow Tech Powered Luxury on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Twitter, LinkedIn, or sign up to our weekly newsletter. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to partner with GladCloud, the platform that is powering our media campaigns through its collaborative social media marketing platform, which is perhaps how you have discovered the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas, questions, or would like to join us as a guest. 